0: Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts. The News Press' Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back into this holiday edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Adam Fisher, with the Naples Daily News, joined alongside Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. And Adam, it is Thanksgiving week, and here's a little insight about me. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year ever since I was a kid. I've loved it, mainly because all the sports that come along with it. Uh, What are your thoughts on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving.
2: I enjoy Thanksgiving. I, I, I appreciate the Thursday off. I don't think I've gotten a Friday off, though, in quite a while. Black Friday is usually a football regional championship weekend, so I'm usually working that day. So I enjoy Thursday. We play uh, Turkey Bowl up in Cape Coral with a bunch of people from the News Press family.
1: What position are you in that Turkey Bowl?
2: I would say I'm probably a tight end. Okay. Or, you know, I like to play defense a lot more than I like to play offense. I have sure. great hands. I'm really slow. <laughs> so i i'll catch anything but you know the yak is not happening
1: gotcha gotcha well speaking of thanksgiving i thought we could intro this week and first of all thank you for joining us if you're listening to this on thanksgiving i'm going to tell you to go ahead and stop right now and go no, be with your family no play Instead, it for everybody okay play it at the Play dinner it table. for
2: everybody and get ready for the games on that, Friday. that's a
1: great idea but first off let's talk about what you and i are thankful for uh do you want me to go first or would you like to go first
2: sure you can go first
1: As I was thinking this, I think what I'm thankful for, nothing specific, just that people are thankful for us. I feel that we are very fortunate. At least me down in Collier County, I get a ton of positive feedback. Um, Not a lot of negative feedback, which is very rare in this business, rare in anything. Uh, Most people that speak up or people that are complaining have something wrong, but just today I got a text from a coach who I didn't even cover his team this year, and he said, thank you for all you do. And I get that a lot. I think people down here, because it's a smaller market and we are able, we don't have pro teams, we are able to focus on high school sports more than most markets. Um, I think they're thankful for that, and that makes me feel good. It makes it feel that we're doing a good job, or at least doing something worthwhile.
2: Well, I have a couple things I'm thankful for. Number one being you, Adam Fisher. I appreciate you uh, coming together with me and doing yeah. this podcast. I think I think you do a great job. I think you are the expert on Collier County football, so I'm thankful that you're willing to share your knowledge with me and our podcast audience. Also, in terms of the coaches and players... I can't be any more thankful than I already am because they allow me so much access to their teams, to the kids. The kids, I think, are really passionate about their sports, and I love covering them. I think high school football is the purest form of football, and high school athletics are the purest form of sports. Right. So I appreciate all them letting me tell their stories. And even when they're in a bad mood, most of them talk to me. So Yeah,
1: agreed. Our coaches are great, and that was a surprisingly uh, earnest segment by both of us. I'm surprised. We're usually up here uh, just talking smack and BSing, but that was fun. So let's get into the football. We've got three games this week, four local teams staying alive, and we're just going to hop right in and break down some games. Let's start with the uh, largest classification left, Class 6A. You've got North Fort Myers, a surprise to some in the regional finals, at 9-3, and playing at Naples, who was 11-1. and um, North Fort Myers, man, they kind of shoved around Charlotte last week.
2: And Adam, I'm very surprised by this one. Not about North and how they performed. I just, I don't think I would have picked Naples if Naples was playing at Charlotte. Right. I just, I thought that Charlotte would be just a, such a tough place to play. And North Fort Myers, they proved something. They got a, a revenge victory, really. They lost earlier in the season where they gave up, you know, a ton of points in the first quarter. Not the case this time. And a guy we have to talk about, and we probably should talk about every single week on this podcast, Shamari Mason. He is making a campaign for player of the year in Lee County, had 256 rushing yards, a TD, and that's after he rushed for 200 yards against Largo last week.
1: And didn't he also have three interceptions?
2: Yeah, he's also a tremendous (laughs) defensive player, and I think that that kind of goes a little unnoticed because of how shifty he is with the ball in his hands on offense.
1: Well, here's the thing that, that stuck out to me is we've talked all year about Charlotte and how physical they are, how big they are um, up front, and North Fort Myers just shoved them around, just pounded them. In the words of uh, our, our faithful reporter who was there, Seth Safian, he said North beat the snot out of Charlotte. They rushed North Fort Myers for 367 yards on 50 carries. They just ran it down their throat. They only attempted eight passes, only completed three for 15 yards because they didn't need to. They were just running all over Charlotte, and that shocked me.
2: And I think the matchup to watch in this game is the Naples defense versus the North yep. offense. I think that's the marquee matchup. You got the Dollar defense down in Naples. What are they giving up seven points a game over the last eight games, and then they have one TD or fewer the last eight games.
1: Yeah, um, all their opponents in the past eight games held under ten points. Um, you're right. That's that's the one I kind of keyed in on in previewing this game because at North Fort Myers, this is probably the best rushing attack Naples has seen this year. Um, or at least during this uh, winning streak, but this Naples defense is playing so well. Last week, Fort Myers ran for 113 yards. 40 of those came on the final possession when the game was decided. They were just kind of running down the field. That was the most yards Naples has allowed in a game this year, as far as I could find. I couldn't find stats in the first two games against the Miami area teams, but all their touchdowns were passing. So they have only allowed the Naples defense four rushing touchdowns this season in 12 games only two in the past eight games. So this defense is keyed in. They're locked in. I think North is going to have to throw it, and I think they can because Jesse Charles is a very competent quarterback, no?
2: Yeah, Jesse Charles is a two-way threat. I mean, he can pull it down and run with it, but also he's hit Clayton Savinsky there, you know – thousand yard receiver quite a few times down the field like Cl- Savinsky's going to challenge those Naples corners whoever's covering him and they're going to need safety help over the top because the kid knows how to get open he's not the fastest guy in the world but he runs great routes and him and Jesse Charles have a great connection
1: well, and I will tell you this. Last week, Fort Myers did not have a lot of success passing. Um, I think just Willie Neal was not accurate. He was 6 of 16 because there were a lot of plays. If you put that pass a little better, like, they would have been completed. The, the Fort Myers receivers were getting open. Um, so if Jesse Charles had some luck, some accuracy, Savinsky could have a big night. Let's move on. 4A, you got Bishop Vero at Coco. Bishop Rowe won their first playoff game in, what, 16 years? And now they got to play at a team that's won four state championships the past 10 years, so it's kind of a uphill battle for the Vikings.
2: Yeah, I would put Bishop Rowe as pretty huge underdogs in this game, despite how they played against LaBelle, and they were very dominant. This Coco team, as you said, has won four state championships. They're the team in Florida that's a small school, but they punch way above their weight class. Mm -hmm. This year, their only losses were to 7A Vieira, 8A Treasure Coast, and 5A Rockledge. They'll play an out-of-state schedule. They'll do just about anything. The thing about this year's Coco team... They've been transitioning to a new head coach in Ryan Schneider. He's got great pedigree. He was the offensive coordinator at St. Thomas Aquinas, and he was also the offensive coordinator at Melbourne Central Catholic. So he knows how to coach an offense, and they have a great offense.
1: Bishop Rowe, let's first give credit to them. I I was amazed the way they came out against LaBelle because there were questions. They've been off for three weeks. You know They had a bye week and an open week. And so they come out, what was it, 21 points in the first quarter for, for 21 Bishop? 21 points from? in the
2: first three possessions. That's right, in the
1: first six minutes. So six minutes in, they're up 21 to nothing. They looked phenomenal. What's interesting is just the experience factor, and it's something I'm looking at down in Carrier County because you've got two, uh, two teams playing Naples, who's used to be in the regional finals, Newman, who is not. Um, Bishop Vareau, they, they've only won, this was their first playoff game since 2002. First playoff win since 2002. I'm sorry, first playoff win since 2002. You they know? had lost
2: six straight before that. Okay.
1: Well, in that span, Coco has won 36 playoff games <laughs> in the past 16 years. 16 straight playoff appearances, 11 straight regional championships from what I can tell. So the Tigers are just – they might be the best Class 4A team in history.
2: Yeah, they're definitely – I'd say Booker G. Washington probably would have a problem oh, with yeah. saying that them. they're the best 4A team in the state of Florida. But Booker T. Washington's not in the state playoffs anymore right. this year, so right now that title belongs to Coco. What I've been impressed with, though, with Bishop Rowe, we talked about the inexperience factor. They have a sophomore quarterback, and Jacob Azizi, who's been tremendous this year. He's made great use of a ton of weapons. You know, running back Joslyn Mira, running back Terry Lindsey, Taquan Chapman, their receiver. He has a ton of weapons, a great offensive line, but he's he's very poised. He only threw one incomplete pass last week. It happened to be an interception that he just tossed up into the abyss, and it was a pretty easy interception, but he was 13 of 14. He threw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. I like his poise, and I'm interested to see what he can do against a very seasoned Coco defense, and I think this game could end up being a shootout because on the other side of the ball, you have a sophomore quarterback from Coco, Diego Arroyo, who's thrown for 2,500 yards, 23 TDs, but he's also been susceptible to throw interceptions. He's thrown 10 of them on the season, and I think if Bishop Roe can capitalize, get some pressure on Arroyo, there could be some turnovers, and this could be game could be turned on its head.
1: And as you said, um, you know, Coco – well, you didn't say it, but I will say it. Coco gives up 25 points a game. What you said was they play some bigger teams. So, you know, they they lost some games to some bigger teams, but that defense can give up some points from time to time. Let's go to our third and final game down to Class 2A, another game in Collier County defending state champion champagne Catholic at St. John Newman. Um, A revenge game for Newman. They, They won their first playoff game last week. By stomping Glade's day, I think that was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, but now they got the
2: defending state champs in,
1: so it's going to be tough.
2: The, this is a revenge game for sure. And I'm going to point you to a quote that then-senior linebacker William Glasser from St. John Newman, he was done. He, you know, His career was over, but he said that they'll get Chomping Not Catholic back. He said the sophomores, freshmen, and juniors on the team will get them back. I don't know if William Glasser is going to be home for Thanksgiving, if he's going to be uh, watching this game, but I sh- I'm sure he'll be very interested to see what his former teammates can do against the defending state champions.
1: That is a fantastic quote, and I love that. Was that from, like, last year's game story, or what? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Shout out to William Glasser. Yeah, Will Glasser
1: was an all-area team uh, linebacker last year, so good for him. Um Newman is at home, and I think that plays to their advantage because this crowd, I mean, they're a pretty historical school as far as the small schools in this area. Not a lot of them have had football for a while. They've been going since 2000. Before that, they played in the 80s. Big alumni base down there, and obviously the Catholic Church base. Extremely excited there. And, of course, the kid we've talked about tons and tons, and you'll hear Coach Damon Jones talk about him soon, is, is Jensen Jones. Just a another ridiculous performance last week, scoring four touchdowns on the ground. He might have thrown for one as well. Um he leads the state in scoring 33 touchdowns, 198 points. That's according to Max Preps, which, again, not 100% accurate. Um, and he also leads Southwest Florida in rushing in 1,832 yards. So he just continues to, to, to kill it.
2: Just screams Broxson Trophy to me. Well, Leading he, the state in touchdowns. Again,
1: as we've talked, there are definitely two finalists for that award. I'll let you figure out who the other one is. But when we come back from this break, we're going to hear a little bit more from this game from the coach himself, Damon Jones, will tell us about St. John Newman's home game against Champaign-Knight Catholic. Come on back. Keep up with the action every week by following our
0: live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices.
1: Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News here with Coach Damon Jones of the St. John Newman Celtics. And Coach, you had the honor of being the very first guest on this very first podcast that we ever had. And now you might be the last guest if all the teams lose this
3: this week. But let's say that doesn't happen. So anyways, thank you for coming back. No, appreciate it. Uh, it's nice still being a value this late in the season that you're worthy of being interviewed. I guess that means uh, we're having a pretty good year here. And you guys are. You're ten and one. Won the very first playoff game in St.
1: John Newman history last week. Uh, really beat up on a team that had won um, seven state championships in its history. So a team that was used to winning. Just tell me what it was like, the atmosphere in
3: that very first home game, and what you expect it to be this Friday when you get another home game. You know, what it was just a great night. You know, I was, I was so happy for our school and our kids and our faculty and, and alumni that were at the game. We've already been, you know, getting uh, congratulations. We'll be there Friday. From alumni that are just, you know, you know they're excited You know, just like our our current students, um, it's a good time around here. Like I said, the kids and and families are are excited about being Celtics and, you know, and being able to go out on a Friday night and, you know, and being a playoff atmosphere. And, you know, the stands were packed and signs were hung. I'm just, like I said, it's a great, great experience for not only our, our players, but in our student body and and teachers to to be part of that. It's pretty special around here right now. You were telling me before
1: uh, we started recording about um, practicing on Thanksgiving and kind of the the mindset change, the culture change about uh, expecting the football season to continue into December. When you came in, this was a winless team. This was just your third year. So how have you kind of built that culture so quickly
3: and what have you done to kind of get that attitude? You know, you just, we press the kids to not settle. You know, to, if they want to be successful, they've got to work at it. We've been building experience, and, you know, we've got a big senior class, but, you know, saying these juniors, we got a ton of juniors that, you know, this, this, they're four, 35 games into their high school careers already. So, you know, getting those kids to continually to work out and to buy in, and, you know, we've got multi-sport kids that, you know, are just bought into Newman, you know, and just that culture that success comes with a price, you know, it, c- it comes with hard work. Um, And you got to pay it, but it pays off at the end when you see nights like Friday night and, you know, the stands are packed and people are talking about you and all that hard work's paid off. So it's it's just really trying to really change that mindset of, you know, we can be successful. This is what it takes. Here's the plan. And, uh, you know, going out there and and getting the kids to to execute it and, you know, and it's a 365-day plan. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, that's right. I should mention you're also the athletic director here at St. John Newman. You mentioned before that how experienced this team is. I think you've got 10 seniors, 11 seniors, something like that. But one I want to ask you about in particular, a guy who comes up a lot on this show, and rightfully so, Jensen Jones, a guy that shares the same last name as you, I think even shares a little bit of your DNA, probably half of it, him being your, your son, leads the state in scoring, but also does so much more. Just tell us,
3: what has he done this year for you, and tell us all the all the stuff besides the big numbers he puts up. He's a football player. You know, we asked, you know, the ball touches his hands every snap on offense. Um, you know, we tried to move him out of quarterback and didn't work out that way. He jumped right back in there and said, fine, I'll play it. Um, so, you know, every play that ball goes through his hands and, and we ask a lot. And everybody in the stadium knows the ball is going to, is going to touch his hands every snap. Yeah. You know, and he handles that pressure with grace and, and, he, and he's so unassuming and You know, and then he rattles off a 65-yard touchdown, and he has to stay out there and snap the ball. We get held on, you know, check down on fourth down. He's got to snap the ball and and run down and cover a punt and then to flip around. And we've asked him to play defense. We've had some seniors that we've been able to rest him a little on defense. But, you know, I think he's got 50 tackles on defense. He was punting earlier in the year. And, you know, to go in week in and week out and know that everybody on that other sideline is going to take a shot at him, they know the ball's gonna touch his hands and we've gotta take care of you. There's a lot of pressure on a kid, but he's a great young man, he's a great athlete and, and does so much for us and like I said, never ask for an accolade I don't know how many times this year. You'll go to he knows his number's gonna get called and you know, he'll give me the wink and know, hey, let so and so take this one in. You know, he's earned it. You know, he's just that kind of kid. Um, he doesn't worry about the numbers and I mean, he's, he's got astronomical numbers but that just comes from grinding it out, and, you know, he, he, he's practicing well. He's learned how to do that as a future college kid, you know, trying to take that on. He's a, You know, he's a great student. Um, so he's, uh, like I said, I'm pretty blessed to have him as a son, but he's definitely been integral to, you know, our success these last couple of years.
1: So tell us about the game coming up Friday. Um, not Catholic, another team that comes in with a, a great – history of winning they are the defending state champion they beat you guys last year Uh, however they have five losses this year so is this the same not catholic team we've seen in years
3: past and what do you need to do to uh, beat them on friday night their record's definitely deceiving uh you know they, they pick some fights with some big dogs venice niceville uh fort pierce westwood university so they definitely are are the champnat of uh defending state champs. Athletes across the board, you know, nice size up front. I mean, they're big again up front like they were last year. You know, are the key's going to be is is uh, like has been every game. I tell our guys, we have to do what we do. You know, we've got to be disciplined. We got to, you know, man our assignments. Um, you know, when we get in troubles when we don't do that because we're not as, as fast, we're not as big and you know, we haven't been as athletic as some of the teams we played and that's when we get in trouble. So it's gonna be no different this Friday. We gotta do what we do, um, follow the game plan, follow our assignments. Um, I, think we, I think we were f- real physical Friday. That was a key Friday against Glades Day. That's going to have to happen um, this Friday as we're going to have to match their physicality um, and try to negate some of their speed with controlling the ball, you know, long drives, and prevent their big plays.
1: Well, that game, Class 2A Region Championship here at St. John Newman, the Celtics host, champion not Catholic. Damon, best of luck, and thanks for joining us.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. You and Regan do a phenomenal job. Well, we appreciate
1: that. And thanks again to Coach Damon Jones. If you want to follow that game live, go to naplesnews.com slash prepzone there and news-press.com slash sports. We will have live updates from all three games as well as video, photos, and stories as soon as they are done. When we come back, we're going to take some questions.
0: After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida.
2: And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, another playoff edition, regional championships games. And this is Fisher and I's favorite segment where we answer your questions. And I gotta say, we've been answering a lot of the same people's questions. So if you have a question for us and you're, you know, not one of our regulars, we'll be glad to answer it. You can reach me at NP underscore Adam Regan on Twitter and you can get to Fisher at
1: At N-D-N underscore Adam. And even if you don't have Twitter, you can email us, you can call us on the phone, send us something in the mail. Twitter's not the only way, it's just the easiest way. Exactly. So
2: we got one question this week from our buddy, Watt Dizzle, Wat on, Dizzle on Twitter. And before he asked this question, he <laughs> said, first of all, Adam, he means Adam Regan, I want to shout out to your Furman boys pulling off the upset at Villanova. That was in men's college basketball. I'm a huge Paladin alumni. Uh, All I have to say about that is FU one time, FU two times, FU three times. This is a family podcast. FU all the time. (laughs) And that FU stands for Furman University. Furman University, baby. So, Watt Dizzle's question is... Which coach is likely to get let go this off season? Fisher, I'll let you feel that first, and then I'll give you my feelings on answering questions about the jobs of educators in yes. our school system.
1: Well, they're not losing their education job, just their coaching job. Uh, um, so I actually went team by team, eleven teams in Collier County, and who I thought would um, lose their job, who had the possibility. <clears throat> Obviously, you got to have a losing record. Most likely, we've some seen some rare. Uh, situations where people with winning records lose their job, but um, I look at a team like Mia, who went winless last year with a first-year coach and Steve Kaplan. However, I don't think he's going to be let go because it's hard enough for them to find a coach as is. Kaplan didn't come in until you know right before the season, um, and plus, it's not like they're competing for state titles down there. They're trying to build a program. You don't build a program by rotating coaches each year. And another coach who's had two kind of disappointing seasons are uh, um, a friend of ours who we talked to a lot, Fritz Jacquez. 4-16 and 16 in two seasons at Lely, 6-4 and four before he got there. However, as we've talked before, like so much of what goes on at Lely, it doesn't have to do with the actual coaching. There's so much other stuff going on, uh, dealing with the parents, dealing with the administration. And Fritz is very good at that. Fritz is a Lely kid, born and raised down there in Naples Manor of a Haitian descent, just like a lot of his players, so he gets what they're going through. Um, loved in the school. He's good at all the kind of uh, administrative st- stuff of coaching, because he's also the boys' basketball coach. So... I don't know if we'll see anyone lose their job in Collier County, and that would be the first year since 2005 that we did not have a coaching chain. So we've had one every year for the past 13 years.
2: And I will say this I hate speculating on high school football coaches losing their job. Obviously, it's newsworthy because it's high school football, but these men are educators and they're teachers. They're not college coaches who get paid millions of dollars, they're not NFL coaches who, who are paid millions of dollars. So, I hate doing that. That being said, though, we had a lot of turnover in Lee County last year. A bunch of new head coaches finishing that have finished up their first year. So, I think it's possible that we could have no coaches lose their jobs. There might be one or two programs. We'll see. Usually, those announcements are made after the All-Star game, He's first week like of January, December. right? Yeah. Well, right after the All-Star game, first week of December. Okay. So... That handles that question. And then our boy Watt Dizzle had one more question Will we see a cameo on a basketball podcast for you guys this winter? I'm assuming he means a high school basketball. Unless podcast. he wants us to talk NBA, which I could fully. I could do, do that all day.
1: My yeah. Pacers are in fourth place right now in the East. Um, hey, listen, I'll tell everyone listening. I would love to do that. We just don't know if the audience is there, especially in Collier County. Basketball does not get as much of a following, um, especially as it does up here in Lee County. So, if you want to hear it inside South Florida basketball podcast, tweet at us, email us, tweet at our bosses, Mr. Ed Reed of the News Press and Greg Hardwood of the Naples Daily News, because I would do it if if people want to hear it.
2: Yeah. If that's what the people want, I'm willing to do it. I love basketball. It's I'm my a, favorite sport.
1: You know where I'm from, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, and the slogan there: "We grow basketball." Well, in 49 other states, it's just basketball.
2: I'm sorry, I'm from New Jersey, where state champions and NBA players—that's their breeding you ground. Yeah, a for, lot of uh, New Jersey teams down here in uh, the city
1: of Palms. Exact, we've exactly. Exactly.
2: New Jersey high school basketball is huge. Yeah, I know that in Indiana, it's all classifications that play in the playoffs, correct?
1: Uh, it's not single class anymore. It's not anymore? Question. No, not since, like, 98. Oh, that was, was, like the, that was, like, the best part it about was it. It was one of the last few uh, teams to, or states to have single class, and believe me, people were not happy when they changed it.
2: Well, in New Jersey, they have a ton of different classes, but at the end, they take all the state champions and put them in a tournament that's of champions, awesome. which is the best high school tur- basketball tournament in the country. No disrespect, City of Palms, but the New Jersey Tournament of Champions is phenomenal. And they do it for boys' and girls' basketball.
1: All right, guys, that's our question segment. When we come back, we're going to talk predictions, a segment I'm actually looking forward to this week. We'll see you then. For the most in-depth
0: analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore prep zone. Or download our apps.
2: And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, where we're doing our picks segment. And it can't get any closer than it is right now. With basically, I would say, you know. One or two weeks left. I mean, if we get to a state championship game, you know, that then that'll be a third week. But Fisher and I are tied at ninety-two and thirty-two. So these games are crucial. I mean, it's possible that whoever wins this week could win it all.
1: I, I think you're right, and like you said, literally cannot get closer. I'm just amazed that after what 124 games this season that we have predicted, so many more that have happened in the county. We're tied. Exactly. That That is amazing. And let me say that I did go 5-0 last week. I let my lead slip away, but I'm not going down without a fight. I picked North for the upset. North came through. We're tied.
2: Yeah, I think it took a lot of courage to take North on the road at Charlotte, and you were rewarded for it. So well, listen, I, I
1: had to. I mean, I don't know if I fully believe that, but I wanted to play catch up, and I couldn't just pick the same games as you.
2: All right, let's get into the predictions. Class 6A, North Fort Myers at Naples. Who you got, Fisher?
1: Well, listen, we mentioned just how great North Fort Myers' rushing attack is and how great Naples' defense is. But being at Naples, and we've talked throughout this podcast about experience, this is Naples' 11th regional championship game in the past 18 years. Now, obviously, the kids on this team do not play in all 11 of those games, but they were in the regional finals last year. They were in the regional semifinals before that um I like the way they're looking the question is you know Ches Malusi a guy we haven't mentioned yet he did not look right last week he told me he was about 70 percent but he still ran for 193 yards and two touchdowns so maybe if North has a little more speed than Fort Myers they can slow him down but I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm taking the Golden Eagles at home
2: yeah the Golden Eagles seven regional titles if I'm not mistaken
1: that sounds right
2: yeah and If you could have seen the look that I gave Fisher when he told me that Chesma Lucy wasn't right. Come on, man. (laughs) 194 yards, two touchdowns. That's all you need, man. You put that up against North Fort Myers, I say they're winning that game because you know their other running back, Elon Samala, is going to come up with 100 yards too. I'm going to go with Naples in this one, but I think that North Fort Myers is going to put up a better showing than their rival Fort Myers did. I think the firepower that North has is the great equalizer. I mean, if they're on... This game could end up being a shootout that comes down to the last you know, couple of minutes, but I'm going to stick with the Golden Eagles. And then we've got Bishop Verreau at Coco. I think this is a true underdog st- story for Bishop Verreau. I don't think anyone thinks that Verreau is going to knock off Coco at Coco. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm with those people that don't think Bishop Rowe is going to knock off Coco at Coco. They're probably the biggest underdog this week just because how powerful this Coco program is and just how established they are. Um, this shouldn't detract from just what Bishop Rowe has been able to do, but Coco is just so good it would take a Herculean effort by the Vikings. Uh, so I'm going to take Coco.
2: In in hearing from our friends over at Florida Today over in Brevard County, you know, Coco is their last team remaining in Brevard they tell us that this is the most vulnerable Coco team they've seen in quite a while. Wow. And they seem to be giving Bishop Verro a shot, and I can see why you would do that. They were nothing short of awesome against LaBelle, but that was LaBelle. And this is up about 15 more levels. I got Coco in this one. I think that their 1,000-yard running back, Keziah Holmes, and their 1,000-yard receiver, Willie Gaines, just have huge games and I think that they probably win by three scores.
1: One thing I want to mention, forgot to mention earlier when we were breaking the game down, Coco won three straight state championships from 2008 to 2010. Do you know who's an assistant on that staff? Chris tokenin Chris Tokenen. Dang it, you, you stole my interesting fact. So oh, when mind. Chris
2: tokenin was hired at Palmetto Ridge, I mean, you couldn't scream loud enough that he was an assistant at Coco, yeah. the pedigree that he had. So, yeah, I remember that.
1: And we saw it. They went 8-3 and three that first year he was I, there.
2: It was a great hire, and I expect them to be back yeah. and a contender next season. Last game. I think you, you've got a home underdog in this one. Yeah. In defending champion Champanat Catholic traveling to St. John Newman in a rematch of a first-round game
1: a year ago. So we are um, unbiased. You know, balanced. We don't pull for teams. However, as a journalist, I pull for the best story. I think the St. John Newman team is the best story still going around. You know, if North Fort Myers wins, that's a pretty great story. But I'm pulling for Newman, just that they've never won a playoff game before last week. And Jensen Jones is such an awesome story. However, if I'm picking the game, which I am, Champing not. They got those five losses, but they've played some really good teams. They've got that East Coast athleticism, those East Coast coast athletes that St. John Newman just can't up with and I think they will be able to slow Jensen Jones I think Newman has a shot I think they can win this however I think Champion not Catholic will win this
2: I knew there was going to be a however or a but when you started that off Lots saying of that that you were rooting for the best story and definitely if St. John Newman knocks off defending state champions yeah that's a huge story not going to happen though last year I think was an indication of what could happen in this game what was it 44 to 12 last year
1: 41 to 7 something like that
2: yeah Champanat Catholic just beat them with big play after big play after big play. I don't know what the personnel looks like at Champanat Catholic, but I imagine it's some pretty talented players, and I think that the big play is going to come into play very often, so I've got Champanat Catholic in this one. So we're the same. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, they it'll be tied better, next
1: week. Better, they will. There will be at least one game next week. Obviously, with North Fort Myers and Naples playing each other. Uh, so that that'll have to be the tiebreaker.
2: Yeah, I think I think at some point we're going to have to agree to choose different sides. I know, uh, flip yep. a coin or something like that, because there has to be a champion. I don't. I don't want us finishing tied at the end of the season.
1: No, we'll have to go find out some uh, some tiebreaker, like who had the best uh, playoff record or something.
2: Sure. If you want to go back and do all that, cool. All right. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. With the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher, and I'm Adam Regan of the News Press. We appreciate you joining us. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.